Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. The wonderful thing about truth, um, Scripture says, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes that says that God has deposited eternity in the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. That to me, I, I visualize that as a proverbial hole in our hearts that only He can fill. But when you don't know, and yet you have this need, uh, you go on pursuing things, thinking that it's right the promise that it will realize you. The words of a man who lost it all in a world of addiction and lies, but yet found out that God can make something good even from the ashes. This is Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Welcome to Life Support, hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program, And our goal, as always, is to use story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join the conversation with Pastor Paul. I'm glad you're with us on Life Support. And what we do here is we tell stories to help you find a deeper relationship with Jesus through suffering, through trauma, through life experiences. And I hope it's a blessing for you today. And I've got a very special guest that's going to tell his story Pablo Montañez, who is a pastor at Christ Church in Apple Valley. He's got an amazing story. And Pablo, thanks so much for being here. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, when we talk about stories, everybody's got a different one and everybody's got a journey. Mm -hmm. Your journey's different than anyone else's. So you, when you were younger, you you started in Puerto Rico. Correct. Right. And so tell me about that. How did you uh, end up being here? In Minnesota. Yeah, that's a good question. So <laughs> people often ask me, where, are you crazy? How come would you leave an island where it's 80 degrees all year round and come to Minnesota? <laughs> um, but the primary reason really was uh, sports. Um, I'm the youngest of three and uh, I grew up in, in Puerto Rico. And But early on, I would say ages 8, 9, and 10, fell in love with basketball. That was my my primary sport and love, and I really wanted to, uh, you know, my dream was to become an Olympic basketball player for Puerto Rico. So I, I knew that I had to really work hard at it. So I, uh, in San Juan, there was, uh, there's still a YMCA, and a wonderful, wonderful man, now he's with the Lord, but who uh, was the, a coach for, I would say, two to three generations of young people. So that's uh, his encouragement, his help to focus me to begin to dream. So I wanted, since I was younger, I knew that I wanted to come to the States and primarily to get better at basketball. So I was already thinking about, can I go to a school, a college, maybe a smaller one? Maybe I'm not good enough of a basketball player to play for a big school, but what about a smaller school? So that was always there, and one thing led to another. So there's a, uh, I, w- I went to an American high school in, in, in Puerto Rico. Then That's how my English got a little bit better. <laughs> and um, so it happened that we were playing against another high school, 
who is connected to St. John's University mm-hmm. up in uh, nearby St. Cloud, you know, in Collegeville. Which is about for uh, you non-Minnesotans, it's about uh, an hour and a half uh, mm-hmm. north here, northwest of the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met, uh, you know, the the basketball coach was there on recruitment and some other people. And long story short, that's the connection started. And all of a sudden, I heard about Minnesota and decided to come. And uh, you were in temperatures that were about 100 degrees colder than you were in Puerto Rico. And it's like, welcome to Minnesota, right? That's one of the encouragements. They told me, listen, Pablo, you, your study and habits will improve because it gets so cold <laughs> that you can't go outside and you will have no other choice. But you to have nothing else to do. The books, yep. So you came and here you are now in uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. and you uh, ended up going into the business world, right? Correct. So I graduated from from uh, from college uh, with a business degree, and mind you, at this time there was no spiritual awareness. I I grew up with a, a Christian mother. Uh, my father was not. So I I she took me to church every now and then and all of that, but I did not. There was just nothing there from that regard. So I. Um, uh, graduated and started a, a career in the insurance industry, um, uh, a company that it's it's used to be called St. Paul Companies then, as a commercial underwriter. And so I just started uh, into that career aspect, moved to Southern California for a few years, came back. They were headquartered in St. Paul, Minnesota. I came back to the headquarters uh, with a couple of promotions. So I just stayed in that track uh, for about, uh, I would say, you know, 15 years until um, some changes. And I would say that now with the perspective of faith. Um, God started moving in my life. And from there, things just started happening. <laughs> well, I heard you use a term uh, describing yourself in the world of business as you were kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Tell me about that. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, one of the things that we all have in common as, as, as a result of being people, right, is, is sin. Mm-hmm. We struggle. Sin is a reality. I don't think we have to convince anybody that sin is real, that evil is pervasive. Um, so, you know, the uh, uh, walking through uh, adolescence and then, you know, as a young adult and an adult, it was a. Uh, I was. I was very good at hiding sin. Uh, I even, in fact, married a girl from from college, and to be honest, she didn't have a, a clue as to who she married. Uh, growing up, right? You know, we are sometimes a product of many different things of the upbringing and cultural programming and things like that, and so. Puerto Rico, much like a lot of places, is a very, very macho-oriented. Uh, there's a lot of uh, liberalities, and uh, from you know substances to you know the senses, full force, the unfaithfulness. I never saw. I'm sure there were, but I never saw, including my father. I never saw a man that was faithful to his wife. Wow. 
So I, I grew up with that program. So is that a Latin American sort of cultural thing? Or? You know, and I always, it's not, that's always a, a challenge because, you know, t- when you generalize, yeah. right, you yeah, get it right. a little bit of in trouble. But sure. I would, I would s- say somewhat yes. Mm-hmm. Um, At least in your sphere it was. That is sure. correct. Yeah. That is very much so. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're moving based on that programming. So I loved Minnesota. What a wonderful, different culture. But sin was moving in me. And so that really led to a double life um, that led me to from, my goodness, from, uh, you know, unfaithfulness to my wife to the use of substances and chemicals. And so I was a functioning addict. Uh, and yet performing well at work. So that uh, double life was was a tremendous uh, challenge for me. How much pressure were you experiencing trying to keep up those appearances? Yeah. It must well, have been exhausting. It, it, it really was. But there there goes, it's just amazing to me, the because now looking back, the truth of Scripture it's just amazing to me, like, wow. For instance, you know, the, a couple of scriptures that come to mind is that in 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about the God of this age, meaning the devil, meaning the, the one that blinds your eyes to the light of the gospel, the one that wants to sell you a lie, the one that wants, uh, wants to sell you the idea that life is about pleasure, that it's about taking, that it's about fulfilling, it's about me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, with the false, with the, it's a false hope because the, the deeper you go into it, you realize that you will never obtain that satisfaction. But nevertheless, that was the pursuit. So it was exhausting. It was difficult. Um, I had friends that would say, you have a wonderful wife, a career. What, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I could not articulate the fact that it was sin. I, I didn't know. It's like, did I, you know you were doing anything wrong or was just just the uh, did you find yourself maybe saying, well, man, I really got myself into a mess here. But did you ever think about the morality part of it or the sin part of it? I did. I really did. And I I, I, I think that. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a in human beings, there's there's a deep seated sense of right and wrong. Uh, but that's why I needed to medicate. Mm hmm. That's why probably the use of substances to uh, drown the guilt mm-hmm. uh, and and kind of to stop me from thinking this through. Just, you know, I, I was thinking kind of in a self-justifying way. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just, everybody's having a fun time. Everybody wants this and that. So just trying to justify my own sin. We'll be back to the conversation with Paul and Pablo in just a moment. You know, Paul is hosting this program from a unique perspective. He is a survivor himself of family trauma, losing both a wife and a son. And that is what life support is all about. Survivors in discussion with other survivors. My name is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, and we are so honored to be a co-sponsor of this program. For more about our work, Log on to lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. Of course, what Satan wants all of us to do is to 
begin to think at some level, and of course this started in the garden Mm -hmm. when Adam and Eve fell for this lie, is that you, God really isn't enough. And so if you just go deeper, deeper into yourself, or you try to find this, try to find that, eventually you'll land on something. But that doesn't work. It's a lie. Correct. So you have many people who pursue their dreams, their money, fame, Mm-hmm. and their lives are a mess, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no fulfillment there. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, and, and that's, the, and that's the, the wonderful thing about truth. Um, scripture says, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes, that says that God has deposited eternity in the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I, I visualize that as a proverbial hole in our hearts that only he can fill. But when you don't know, and yet you have this need, uh, you go on pursuing things, mm-hmm. thinking that it's right the promise that it will realize you. Yeah, and then we as, we as believers sometimes, we judge those people mm-hmm. as if they should mm-hmm. act like us mm-hmm. or know what we know instead of leaning into that and saying, hey, I want to— I want to befriend you. I want to help you. Exactly right. Because they don't they honestly don't know. Exactly. And right. it's funny because when you talk to people around um the area where our church is, which is one of the wealthier areas of the Twin Cities, they honestly don't think they're mm. missing anything. Mm. And or if they are identifying that, it's well, if I just got that or if I just get this or if my wife was different. Mm-hmm. And so leaning in with the gospel one-on-one is is a great opportunity rather than saying, well, you just, you know, you're that, that way. Exactly right. And I do hear a lot of judgment at times coming toward non-believers. Yeah. As if they should know. Yeah. No, that is so true. And and that's why, you know, God is amazing. I think the um, perspective is huge. And that's what I'm hoping that even as we talk, that, boy, if some one of your listeners or a friend of the people that that that, that maybe a light bulb would go on. Yeah. Perspective is is huge. I for instance to me when I think about the gospel, when I think about the Great Commission, go and make disciples. I I, I, I say it's my version, right? I say it's go make friends. Mm-hmm. Go make friends. And and there's a there's a difference between coming alongside someone and that's why having walked that walk of being lost, but seeing how others demonstrated to me the love of Jesus through their friendship. The fact that they didn't throw things at me here's, you know, and by, you know, the yeah. commitment yep. to, to mm-hmm. walking alongside, mm-hmm. befriending me, listening without without judgment. I, I think that's that's a gift. Well it, and studies show that's much more effective uh, we have an initiative at, at our church here at Ridgewood called Who's Your One? And mm. so we're challenging um, our people within our church here in Minnetonka, Minnesota. There are, within a five-mile radius, there are about 89,000 unchurched people. Wow. And so we're challenging our congregation. So out of that 89,000, who is your one? Wow. Because if we can identify the one, it's yes. all God's asking you to do. Yes. And then just live alongside of that person. So when you're... You're living this double life now. What's happening in your marriage? Is your wife not not clued in, or is she starting to figure things out? No, no. So it, it's a boy. It's a it's a it, it's a hurtful. I, when I look back, but now praise God for for the healing that He brings. But here's the thing. No, she 
she did not have a clue. I, I was, I was, but eventually the one of the scriptures that really now looking back again, the veracity of scripture is in Galatians where it says, God will never be mocked. Mm-hmm. You will surely reap what you sow. I think in the Old Testament, there's another scripture that says that sin will find you out. So sometimes, even though nobody's watching, (laughs) we know who is. The one that is also watching his word to perform it, to make sure that what he said in terms of sin will find you out or in terms of you will reap what you sow comes to pass. And it's not a, a mean God with a hammer. It's the truth. I think in his love, he needs to, we need to experience consequences to our choices. We need to hit that wall. And eventually that's what happened. I was found out uh, in a very, very big way. Um, I could not hide things. I was exposed. And in a matter of six months, Pastor, I, um, I lost everything. I lost my marriage. Uh, I lost my job. Uh, I was exposed in so many ways. There, there was addictions from, boy, not only from substances, but pornography, but you name it, and it all came crashing down. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, that was looking back. That was the beginning of the of the of the rest of of this testimony of of God began to. Uh, really deal with me when I was at that low because even thoughts of suicide came. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts of shame. Look at what you've done. Look mm-hmm. at the family. Look at, you know, so the best thoughts that would come, the best, why don't you increase the limit of liability on your life insurance policy? Leave your kids as beneficiaries and just take you know, you, you're, you have embarrassed. Those were the words mm-hmm. I would hear in my mind. But in the, myth of, in the midst of all of that, that's where the Lord stepped in into my life. So there's two aspects of God there. Number one, he created an opportunity for you to stop and see him. But he also reached into your sin yes. and where you were at that moment. Yes. And that's what God does, right? He. Ex- Exactly right. And and I want to give an encouragement. I don't know if maybe in, in your audience, Pastor, there's a, there's a praying mom mm-hmm. or there's a praying grandma. Because uh, when I was 14 years old, I told my mom, I don't want to go to church anymore. Please don't invite me. And she said the wisest comment. She said, that's fine, son, but do you give me permission to keep on praying for you? And I said, go ahead, mom. What's that going to hurt? So I, I just want to say... For those praying moms, keep at it. Keep at it because, you know, God, now mom is with the Lord, but she was able to see a tremendous turnaround in my life and in my brother's life as an answer to her prayers. So now you've been found out. What happened next? <laughs> so so then um, uh, divorce, My, I, I, in the midst of that pain, because that's such like the enemy once. He invites you into the sin. Oh, yeah. Not mentioning any of the consequences, but now once you're found out, he's the first one accusing you, laughing at you, mocking you, and 
even giving you those suicidal thoughts in my case. So anyways, it, it ended up in a, in a divorce. I, I, I tried to rescue and salvage the marriage, but it was, it was, it was late. Um, um, and the, uh, at the time I lived nearby a church that I would drive by all the time. And in the midst of my pain, the thought that came to mind one day was, why don't you pray to the God of your mom? <laughs> hmm. The God that when you were 14, you didn't want anything to do with him anymore. That thought came and I said, that was my first prayer. God, if you're real, I need to know. Because look, look at the mess that I've made here. And I tell you, he responded. And in, on my own, uh, I began, remember one evening, I began to weep. And I could not understand why I was weeping. There was a disconnect between my mind and my heart because I remember thinking, why are you crying? But it was like a, a cry of cleansing. I felt like as if someone with a high-powered water hose was washing me in the inside mm -hmm. and chunks of stuff was falling off. And all of a sudden I knew, I thought, oh my word. He responded to my prayer. If you're real, show me. The following Sunday... I stopped at that church in, in, in Apple Valley. I interrupted the service. <laughs> hmm. I came in late. I didn't know any protocol. And I went all the way up, and the pastor kind of looked at me funny, and it's like, can I help you? And I said, yeah, how can I, how can I get Jesus? Wow. And by the grace of God, 20-some years later, now I'm one of the pastors at wow, that church. Wow, how about that? Yeah. And so you also have... Uh, a Spanish ministry there, right, in, in Christ Church, and your brother's also in the ministry. That, that is correct, yeah. and, and, and so he, he's uh, another character. His testimony, boy, it's, it's, it's another story of grace and mercy, but now we're both, yeah, in, in the ministry. He uh, pastors a church in the inner city in Minneapolis called King of Glory. It's a Spanish church, and... Um, so the name it would be Rey de Gloria in Spanish. And now the uh, King of Glory in Christ Church, that I'm one of the pastors there, we're sister churches. So we do a lot of collaboration mm -hmm. back and forth. And so uh, it's amazing now to see that God doesn't make mistakes. I remember when I first came to the United States, to Minnesota, I was frustrated trying to assimilate into the culture. I was upset that I had an accent. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be white. <laughs> and it wasn't until I came to know Jesus that he encouraged me to be at rest with who he made me to be. That it, there, was a, there was a purpose for me in being bilingual. That there was a purpose in all of the hardship and experiences that he had, that I had gone through, that, that he used, that he was going to use all of that. And now I see it. I'm able to be a bridge between English-speaking churches and Spanish-speaking churches and ministries. Um, I lead missions uh, in Central South America. Um, I'm able to, you know, facilitate, you know, uh, experiences, you know, to be able to uh, partake in the development and discipleship of others when they become exposed to something different. 
and yet being literally like an interpreter yeah. <laughs> of two cultures and being able to facilitate that way. Yeah. Well, next time we're together, I want to pursue that period between the time you were found out and the time that you became a pastor because it sounds like there's a lot there. And that's an amazing story, Pablo. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing it with us. Thank you for your invitation. I appreciate it so much. And you know what? If you're on the edge right now or maybe you're experiencing some difficulties in your life and you're you think, man, I've gone too far. I can't I can't come back from this. This is a promise from Isaiah forty three two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And so if you are someone who's just saying, I don't know where God is, or maybe you're saying, you know, I thought I was a Christian. How did I get into this? Just know that God is right there with you. And the Bible tells us that in order to be reconciled to God, we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that just comes through faith, faith that he is the son of God, that he came to earth and died for sin when we should have been the ones on that cross, and that he rose again. And the Bible said if we believe that, then we can be saved and we can have eternal life. And as Pablo so richly said, all of these things begin to wash out of us and fall out of us, and we become new creatures in Christ. So don't give up hope because God is right there with you, and you will not be washed away. You know, we're so glad to have you join us on Life Support, and this is what we do. We tell stories, and we want to point people to Christ. And we have some great partners that I want to thank. My Faith Radio at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video portion of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com, and you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church, too, at MyRWC.org. Love to see you on Twitter, at Pastor Paul J. But again, there is great hope. And as Pablo said, if you're a praying mom, grandma, dad, grandpa, don't stop because God is always at work. And thanks for joining us right here on Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, Subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support.